0: spread the floor the world's first and only nba podcast probably i'm your host brian gill joined as always by the tom Gugliotta to my calbert cheney it's my co-host tobin hodges tobin how's it going It's going,
1: going pretty you? good pretty pretty good good
0: we are currently in uh snowmageddon 2023 um, here in the dallas fort worth it's metro it's just Lex. a february
1: tradition at this point so
0: <laughs> it really is climate change isn't real though dude um the uh yeah, we we are here. It, everything is shut down again. It, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon because we're both home because we couldn't go to work today, um, which I welcome, obviously. Uh, work is bad, but um, I picked up my kid from school early yesterday, like everyone else did who has a nine-year-old-ish in this this area. We're out of school today. And then within the last like thirty minutes, <laughs> we got the call that we're out of school tomorrow to work is closed. My office closes whenever the school district closes um so you know nice little two and a half day break here, and uh just you know like you said, this is a tradition at this yeah. point so. I'm pro the snow day. I feel like since you stopped teaching, you have become anti-snow day, but I love a snow day. I'm good.
1: With I definitely have become anti now that I have to like get work from home and with kids at home while I'm working at home uh-huh. is I've learned in this new job is near impossible. So there's just, there's just <laughs> no way I'm getting any work done without a massive yeah. like amount of screen time and or um, Benadryl or something. So yeah. <laughs> Screen time
0: is good, man. I'm good with screen time. Um, yeah, you're you're living like I said this yesterday. I may have I can't remember who I said to, or maybe I put it on Twitter. But I was like, like when, <laughs> Cooper and I, when we got the new snow day, it's just like we are partying. We're doing a happy dance. We're gonna play a bunch of like Switch sports later and watch movies and just like, yeah, this is awesome. We're partying, and then my poor wife is just like. <sighs> I still have to get my job done and my office is ten feet from where you idiots are being loud and having nerf fights and stuff. So um it's it's you know, I get it. I understand. But uh anyway. We're locked in on Snow Day and uh we're and Tobin also has just, just finished a bender, I guess. That's why we didn't record last week, because you were dying, um, from all the sickness and Still trying to shake it, so...
1: The sickness uh, is gone, if, if but Tob- now my voice is just not recovering, which is, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of ha- like 75% of my n- actual jobs, and then you count this one, mm-hmm. so... Right. It's not right. like my voice is important or
0: anything. <laughs> Shouldn't have yeah. smoked camels, man. Yeah. I keep trying That's to true. tell you. Um, gotta get something less less damaging to the lungs. Um, all right. This is a fun episode that I really like. I don't think Tobin really likes it. Accurate. Um, but... That's okay. That's okay. If we had been able to record last week, it was gonna be the reverse. <coughs> we were gonna let we were gonna to let Tobin go crazy with the trade machine, and that drives me. I hate that. Um and he really loves it. This this week, we're spending the bulk of our episode talking about the all-star game. The all-star starters came out a few days ago. Um, we do not care about that at all. I don't. I don't really get anyone caring about anyone over the age of twenty-five. <coughs> maybe caring about that at this point. Um, it. 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 W- we'll touch on it. We'll touch on it. But we. The. We do our all-star selections a little bit differently than uh, than everyone else because we are unique, right? You know, we're 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 uh, trend setters, not trend followers. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the all-star game, make our selections for that. Here at the end of the show and we're going to we're gonna talk Lakers. Lakers made a trade. Next week's the trade deadline. We'll have lots and lots of trade stuff next week. Lakers got ahead of everybody. Lakers and Wizards made a trade. We're gonna talk just a little bit about that here, but 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 before we do, we gotta
1: talk about <laughs> guess, we gotta talk about some referee stuff. Okay, yeah, because
0: they just <laughs> keep forcing our hands. I will say
1: yeah. being your best friend and being someone who talks uh-huh. to NBA with yeah. you daily this is a subject that I do not broach with you unless I absolutely have to because it just okay. kind of, you know, yeah. this is like your, your trigger. insufferable. Trigger I know, button. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brian, I know we we saw it, the whole world has seen at this point, the end of the Lakers-Celtics game the other day. And, you know, the the, the missed call was the missed call. It, it posed a lot of issues and a lot of things, a lot of questions. Um And a freakout by LeBron, which – you know, we both were like, "Man, this is finally the legal pilot pays attention." And then, of course, LeBron goes full LeBron and the presser about it and everything. Um, but then, <laughs> like, first and foremost, let me say this: if you are in a ref association or like, it really anything involved with officials, umpires, whatever, you really should not be on social media. Like, there's nothing <laughs> you can do that's going to humanize you or make you feel like people care about you. Or if they do, like if you do get like a, a nice, like, Oh, look at this good story about this referee, this umpire. The next day, everybody's going to be like, Oh, that was a good story. Now let's just totally crap on you for 24 hours. They tweeted out the, this ridiculous, I didn't pull it up in front of me. I should have pulled it up. But basically this tweet that said, Hey, our our bad, we messed up. We're going to have many sleepless nights over this call. And the world went crazy after that point. NBA Twitter had a field day with that. I, I just, I, my initial thought is, how is this different than every other freaking game that I've watched this year? Also, who in the world thought this was a good idea? And did Adam Silver make you do it because LeBron was sad? That was my initial thoughts. So, what is your thoughts, Mister Gill? And I'll, I'll remind you, this is a hour long podcast.
0: <laughs> In what world have we ever held held to the time constraints of this podcast? In this um, world, we need to. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I, yeah. Look, the this was not a good. It wasn't a good week. It wasn't a good week. And 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 I just this year. I'm sure somebody who's smarter than me and is able to like really pull stats and 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 develop algorithms and stuff like that I could figure this out. It genuinely I know we compl- I know I complain about the refs a lot. I also I think in not the mo- not in the moment. In the moment I complain about the refs constantly, but at least publicly I generally will 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 acknowledge like basketball's incredibly difficult to to officiate. Um, there is, you know, in the NBA, you could make you could call a travel, a carry, a foul, a moving screen, etc. on every single possession and stuff. So it's like, it's really difficult. I get it. I totally, I totally get it. I totally understand. Um, it genuinely feels like this is the worst officiating year that I can ever remember. Like, it's, it is, it's not just the Mavs games, it's not just the big national games. It's like, I turn on league pass and I'm watching the Kings play the wolves last night and the wolves are down by three and the, the, the game is almost over. And Jaden McDaniels has like the most obvious egregious travel of all time, like a travel that would get called in my son's third and fourth grade game. And... (laughs) no call and he hits the three descended into overtime like it's and then you then you double down on it with what i would also say are a group of officials who are just tired of being griped at and so they are like that it feels like technical whistles are are coming out like way too easily and too frequently some of the texts that not just are, i mean Luca complains all the time so i get it but like the jason tatum tech earlier this year that immediately got rescinded and and there have been, I, I almost feel like just about any given night, you're going to tune in and see a technical foul where you say, hey, if you're going to be an NBA official, you probably are going to have to have thicker skin than this. Like, that is, that was an insane tech. The Mavs-Wizards game on Tuesday, I think, last week with our with our good friend Natalie
1: Sago um, at yeah, the helm. That was um, awful. I was at that. It was awful. I was at that game in, yeah. you know, and you know, I love you, but usually whenever you kind of get rolling on the ref stuff, my uh-huh. first thought yeah. is, okay, is this, is this, is it bad? Or is Brian just having a you know, moment? Cause it, Absolutely. it, to, you are it right to, feel to be that like, like yes. you yeah. would have your moments in the game and afterwards you'd be like, you know, actually, yeah. Hey, even doubt or Hey, it wasn't that bad. And this year you can't really say that because it doesn't <laughs> seem to even out. Um, I and I think anybody who knows me or listens to this show knows that I am not the guy that immediately goes to blame refs for mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. That game was a hundred percent Natalie Sagos fault. Like, like she had like yeah. four calls in the under last two minutes that were atrocious, and and just there's yeah. no accountability for it either. And that's the the other thing is like yeah, it's again you you said it calling the game is hard. It's the hardest game in, in the in the in the world to call. In a lot and there's a lot mm-hmm. of gray area. And I'm okay with the gray area, but you know, there's there's things in place to keep us from doing stuff like that. Or have you know, we do have reviews. We have all these things. You have a crew of three yeah. now, not just two right. like it used to right. be. And it just seems like every night we're getting one just awful call after the other and you know, someone posed the question to me today, is it, is it always been this bad or are we just noticing it more? And I'm, I'm like, I don't, I think it's both. I think people are, are tuned into it because the NBA is growing and it's a mm-hmm. very viral yeah. um, right, um sport, but also people are watching because there's trash every night on the court. And mm-hmm. I, I do think that the MLB has this same problem where they, yeah. they get, noticed because of awful umpire calls and then the umpires start getting chesty and then they get even they get even worse because they're like well you can't tell me how to do my job and i think the nba is is slowly the referees are slowly kind of falling into that trap and it's not going well like it's like Mm -hmm. something like i feel like this season something has flipped and it it either needs to break or it's just going to keep getting worse yeah
0: that's the thing it's it's um the, you know, like that, that, that Mavs, see, I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing there, there, you, you said two, two smart things there that I think are the key there does. There's no accountability. And I know that there is, like they're definitely having these conversations behind the scenes. We know, we know, I'm sure there's like, even there's discipline and stuff that happens behind the scenes. Um There has to be more like it can't, it has to be more public. You know, Tony brothers can't call Spencer Dinwiddie, what he called him earlier this year, and then get a one like that's the first time I can remember since like the the um like the 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 betting scandals of where somebody got publicly disciplined, and all he did was he got he got a one day of paid rest, basically. Like he just yeah, well you know can't do anything about it. There's nothing that can happen. There has to be some accountability, and we just need. I've said over and over and over and over again, there has to be some consistency. And so, like that Mavs Wizards game the other night was a great example because um, the like there was a stretch in that game in I was it was like mid to late fourth quarter too when when stuff matters. Like I don't care so much about what happens in the second quarter. It's like that last six minutes of the of the fourth quarter. That's where stuff like really actually functionally matters. You know, you can't make up for. Oh, we got a bad call in the second, in, in, in the second quarter. Well, well, you know, we, we will get ahead eventually. In the last six minutes, it matters. There was a stretch where the Mavs were down by one point. One point. And I'm not, I don't mean to just make this about them. I, I'm, not, I'm not doing Bill Simmons with the Celtics thing. It's just this was a great example of what we're dealing with. Mavs are down by one point. Luka drives the baseline. Very clearly gets fouled. Not like a little foul, like his, his legs get taken out from under him, basically. Right in front of the ref. No call. Then in the scramble after this, Dwight Powell gets knocked down. Because Dwight Powell is, is like Anthony Davis. He spends half the game on the floor. And in the process of falling down, runs into the legs of Bradley Beal. And they call a take foul on that. So not only do they not call the foul for Luca. Then, then the Wizards are going to get a free throw out of a take foul from a guy falling down, which is clearly not what the take foul rule is supposed to be dealing with. And then Jason Kidd gets a technical on top of that. And so it's a four-point swing. And then, I'm not kidding, Toby. you were there. Literally, the next play, the exact same thing happens for the Wizards. Bradley Beal falls into Tim Hardaway Jr., and they do not call
1: a take foul on And now. they reviewed it's, it, too. We, like, they didn't...
0: And they reviewed it for a flagrant. Like, what What are we doing? What are we doing? I, so, to take it to this this, this LeBron game, my take to you was just straight up. And, I, you know, I don't like... I'm not a big LeBron guy at all. You, you like LeBron way more than I do. It doesn't really... It doesn't matter. If LeBron James cannot get a call where he gets karate chopped in the arm on the game-winning... Potential game-winning shot... Then I don't know what we're supposed to do. Like, how? How? What are? What are we doing as a? As, as far as like, what can we expect from the referees? If that is going to be something that we? Oh, we just missed it. That sucks. We're gonna have sleepless nights. Then maybe we just have to start over. Like maybe everyone has to be fired and
1: we just start over.
0: Because I that can't happen. That can't happen. I don't. I don't understand.
1: Yeah, it, it's just. It's just not good. Like they have to do more with. Like you said, there there needs to be some sort of I don't know, like this is kind of one of those things where it's like if we had like a minor league system of um, of referees or something or some sort of like I don't know process where it's like the best scores end up getting games. I think I think it would hold them more accountable. There's that one TikTok and like um, online dude that is like that does the report cards for MLB home plate umpires. I legitimately, Mm -hmm. I'm not joking. I legitimately think that has affected people getting jobs on like playoff series and stuff like that because they because they're complaining about it. But it's like the dude's doing his job, and also whenever an umpire is great, and whenever they have a great game, he he applauds them and shows shows them off and gives them the credit. Like, it's almost like we need an NBA version of that. We need somebody, whether it's league like league oriented or not to come out and say all right mm-hmm. natalie sago you missed 17 calls that game for them affected mm-hmm. the outcome of the game you're not right. you're not calling right. for a week or whatever or hey we're gonna give right. your spot on this crew to this guy for a week and then we're gonna put you we're gonna put you into like a week-long training program or so i don't know like yeah th- th- but none of this will ever happen because they have a union like that's that's the biggest thing that sucks about it yeah
0: yeah Look, Monty McCutcheon, I think was the best ref in the league. They moved him to the head of the officials in twenty eighteen. So we're five years into this thing at this point. It's not better, Monty. It's not better. Like and part of his whole deal was we're gonna bring in new refs, and it's gonna be rough for a couple of years while we teach these <coughs> refs how to how to do this job, essentially like on the fly. And we're you know, we need patience. Everybody's gonna have to bear with us. Okay, well, I can't, I I mean, generally speaking, I think we've been pretty patient. This can't – it just can't continue to happen. And if, if we're, if we're going to also double down with – like I'm watching Mavs Pistons in the background here from last night. Uh, Curtis Blair gave, gave Jaden Ivey a technical last night. He called Jaden Ivey for an offensive foul. I thought it was a 50-50 call. Could have gone either way. Um, Jaden Ivey's literally laying on the ground when he calls the, the offensive foul. You can read, You can read his lips. He's laying on the ground, and he yells what the F at Curtis Blair – and immediately gets a technical, and I'm just like that. We that's soft. Like, is he in your face? No. Is he chasing you? No. Did he say like we got to let people have reactions yeah. and stuff? I just it's, it's that stuff happens if we're gonna all be game yeah, long. yeah totally if totally if we're gonna be this bad at our jobs then we at the very least we got to
1: cut down on these technical facts. just because he said it towards you doesn't mean you need to know, be pissy man. about it's, it like that's the thing like right like right that they they are literally cussing at you and others the whole game so. If you're going to call it, call it every time, which you're not because you know that that'll never get that'll never work. Right. It's just, it's it's bad.
0: And I was hoping to, to take this full circle. I was hoping that the LeBron thing would maybe finally like spur a little bit of action on some of this stuff. And maybe it will, maybe behind the scenes, they're all, they're having these discussions of like, like we just said, guys, if LeBron can't get this call, then what, what are we doing here? Um, I was hoping that that would be a moment where we could all like actually take account of like what's happening here and then of course lebron made it about himself instead and like he had a he had a, an incredible opportunity after that game to say i watch basketball i watch this league every single night and i'm seeing this constantly i'm seeing guys get just and 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 talk on that for a minute and instead he said mm, it's basically a, he essentially said it's a conspiracy against me so, I mean, the most classic LeBron thing ever you you can't just be an ambassador for the league. you have to make it all about yourself. I get that he's pissed. I would be pissed too, but I was hoping that that would be a moment where he would take stock of like I maybe can enact like a small amount of change here, and he he did not so that was pretty frustrating um on top of that, everything else but um Lakers now are are in again not a great spot. They just like
1: yeah. So that's the thing is like it took away <laughs> perpetually on the. So let's yeah. talk about the fact that that game was the first game with uh, their newly acquired <laughs> Rui Hashimura. Um, yeah, I to be honest with you didn't even look at his stat line. I, I have no clue what he even did um, off the top of my head. Um, you and Shaq don't know. Who I mean, Rui I know Hashimura who he is. is. I just didn't pay attention I'm to his kidding. first game. <laughs> um, it was. It was a very interesting trade. It was Kendrick Nunn, essentially, in a, in a second-round pick um, and some mm-hmm. fillers for Rui, who is who is an on an expiring part of the deal. He's going to be a restricted free agent this year. Um, they could not come to an extension agreement in Washington. I'm assuming that's why they go, went ahead and passed him out. Um, so let's do this. Let's talk about your initial thoughts on the trade, and then mm-hmm. let's talk about the Wizards part of this as well. So initial thoughts on the trade since you do know who Rui, Rui. is. <laughs> Were you part of Mav's Twitter that was angry that we didn't trade for
0: Rui Hosh? I didn't even because no, I, I wasn't no. I was fine.
1: I mean but, don't get me wrong. Okay. Like it's kind of like the Bowie on Bogdanovich deal. It's like, man, is that all it took? I mean I I think that I, I yeah. think that there is a world where it's like, well if that was the price then then maybe I want to get involved with that. But I wasn't like sitting around waiting for, are the Mavs going to trade for Rudy Hashimura, Because I don't think anybody knew he was even going to be possibly floated until like the day of.
0: So here's my thing with Hachimura. Um, I'm not a huge fan. I, he, the his rookie season, I was not a big fan of his coming into the draft. I was very low on him um, as compared to, I think, consensus. And then the rookie season, I was like, nah, I kinda look dumb because he's he's been pretty decent. Um since then, I kind of feel like my take on him has sort of been vindicated. Like he can get some buckets. Um but that's like kind of where it ends. Uh, you know, he's he's averaging whatever, 12, 13 points a game. Uh that's fine. Like everybody needs a few buckets here and there. And and so he he can definitely do that. He also, Zach Lowe pointed this out on his pod, and I, I totally agree and went and kind of looked it up. He's it's sort of empty. Lowe phrased it as, as empty calories, meaning that's kind of all he does is like get a bucket here and there. It's not he's not like a certified bucket getter, you know? And he doesn't contribute anything else really to the to the team. And so I went and looked, just out of curiosity. Part of it is he misses a ton of games. Uh in his four seasons, he's missed. 14, 15, 40, and 13 games. Okay. So he's missed about 31% of the games that he could play. Um, his minutes, Tobin, like if you look, he played 30 and 31 minutes year one and year two. When Sky Brooks was there. Uh, it was down to 22 last season, and it's about 24 this season. But here's what Lowe was really talking about he's a power forward. He's six foot eight. You know, he's not a good enough shooter to where you could say he's a. He's a three, you know, um, you can't, if he's on the floor, maybe nominally he's, he could be like the Lakers could run a lineup of Thomas Bryant, Anthony Davis and Rui. So he's sort of nominally the three, but really he's a power forward (laughs) in his career. Uh, this kind of, this is a little bit blew my mind. Um, the last two seasons, the number of games where he has had five or has had more than five rebounds in a game. This kind of surprised me. Power forward. He did it eleven times last year. Just eleven. Twenty-six mm. percent of his games. He got more than five rebounds. He's that only done it eight <laughs> times this year. Now I know. Look, his minutes are down, so that's a huge part of it. Okay. So like first two seasons when he was getting around thirty minutes per game, um, he did that year this is what this is was the telling thing to me year one rookie season 31 minutes a game he got f- over five rebounds um 60 percent of the time 29 of his games the next season though it dropped to 50 percent of the time 29 of his games again same thing holds for the assists the <laughs> the number of times over the last four years Tobin that he has had zero assists in a game Year one, 10 times. Year two, 18 times. Year three, 15 times. Year four, 10 times. Okay, he's a power forward, you know, whatever. But, like, he's not adding anything there. And the number of times over the last four seasons that he has had zero blocks or, re- or blocks or steals in a game. So, if you combine into the stock stats, 19 times, 22 times, 17 times, 11 times this season. My point being, he can get you some buckets. He's not really a shooter and he doesn't really contribute anything else to the team on a consistent basis. And so, um, you know, this is fine. Like, it's not like, I I'm not going to blame the Lakers at all for like, Hey, we just need somebody who can occasionally score a bucket. The Lakers as a team have like one of the lowest talent pools in the league outside of their, their top three players. It's, it's not a very talented roster. um, so you bring in a guy who was a top 10 pick, basically, and it kind of ups the pedigree of, uh, of, of the team, and all you did was pay Kendrick Nunn, who, remember last year when, <laughs> remember this summer when like Ramona Shelburne and, and Dave McMenamin and other Laker water carriers in the media like, made a big deal about how Kendrick Nunn didn't really play last year and how that was, that was a big deal? And then this year, he's averaged like four points per game. So, OK, maybe Kudrick Nunn wasn't the the Jesus savior that uh, Lakers media but made. But that was going to win me,
1: their offseason, remember?
0: <laughs> Dude, that, sh- that
1: stuff drove me.
0: I, I'm never going to understand Lakers media acting like they are covering the Spurs. Like, that doesn't, I don't get it. Like, it's the Lakers. You don't. You don't have to carry water for them. It's it's fine. Um but they all do. It's so weird to me. It's so weird. Um anyway, Kendrick Nunn was was useless basically, especially on the roster that had a whole bunch of guards uh ahead of him. And you know, you give up a second. It's fine. Like I think all of this is is totally fine and and if it um if it's sort of like is the 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 sign of things to come and there are going to be there's going to be another trade or two to, to, sort of, um, I don't know, stock up a little bit. And maybe, maybe you go, you make another little move like this, uh, or two, and you essentially give up your, your, um, uh, your free agent stuff in the summer and your, your cap space and say, we're going to operate as an over the cap team basically. And re-sign Rui, re whoever we trade for, then like, that's fine. Like all these little moves can help. Um, I just think Rui Hachimura is kind of like, this is who he is, and who he is is, like, somewhere between barely above average and a little bit below average, like, on any any given night. But I don't know. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I don't really understand it, to be honest with you. And I think when I read you the next – well, yeah, I don't really understand it. I don't think it's horrible. I don't think it's one of those things where, like, the Lakers – look bad in that situation. I mean, it is what it is. I think they are just trying to shake up their locker room as much as they can without admitting defeat. The The thing that I couldn't get away from was the last five years draft picks for the Wizards. That's what I couldn't get around. Like I couldn't even yeah. focus on the Lakers. Yeah. The, the last five <laughs> years, 2018, they drafted Troy Brown 15th. In 19, they drafted Ashimura at 9th. The next year, Avdia was at 9th. The next year in twenty twenty one was Corey Kispert at fifteenth, and then last year was Johnny Davis at tenth, who can't even get on the floor right now. Yikes! That looks yeah, that looks awful. Yeah. Like Avdia is the only one that's getting decent minutes out of those right now, and there's talks that he's on the block for this trade deadline the next week too. So, if you're the Wizards, like that needs to be your your first of your first thing of hey. This is not great. Like, what are we doing that's making this be the way it is? Because we've got to figure out how to do this better because that's atrocious. I just absolutely awful. I cannot believe that someone is running that front office and is still running the front office and getting away with it because that just, just does not seem like it's going to work at all.
0: Yeah, dude. Um I mean you could take that back even further. You could go back to like the Jan Vesely draft oh, yeah. in like two thousand eleven and how badly they botched. It. I know that was a different regime and all that stuff, but but that was that's an all timer bad pick. In a draft that had Kimball Walker, Clay Thompson, Kawhi, you know, um, Nick Vucevic Wait, are those like
1: players good? Like should we <laughs> would they would they be they, good if they had them? They right are now? Oh, okay. They are. It,
0: it, it turns out. It turns out those guys are pretty good. <coughs> also in that draft, because by the way, that Jan Vesely draft, they also had they they drafted Chris Singleton in the first round that year too. Like it, I like pick eighteen or nineteen, and the guys that got drafted right after him are like Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler and I mean, uh, Bojan Bogdanovic. I mean like. Everybody has misses. I totally get it. it it's the um, it's and the and That amount was a completely different regime. Like, like whenever you are yes.
1: whenever it's yes. year after year, you're having the same problem. That's the issue. It's not that you're missing. Like every team yeah. has a miss every few years. It's that every year we can go back and be like, this player's not playing, but guess who is playing? Like Benedict mm-hmm. Mather. Mm-hmm. I, which I I'm just talking a name. Like, hey, this player that you know we thought would be okay. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton. He was went went twelfth. So there's a lot of teams that are wondering why why in the world they waited on him. Like it's you're gonna have misses, but you're missing every stinking year. You are missing somebody, and that's not okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, So Tommy Shepard came in in the spring of 2019. So like Troy Brown's not on him, and he actually he flipped Troy Brown for Daniel Gaffer, which I think is like they definitely won that trade. That's a good one. Um, But Rui is on him. And again, again, everybody misses. We totally get it. But like when Cam Johnson, PJ Washington, Tyler Hero are the next, I believe the next three picks, maybe there was one other guy in there somewhere um after Hachimura. That's tough. Brandon Clark would do exactly I I don't know, maybe not exactly. Brandon Clark would be such a better fit there than what Rui Hachimura was over the years. You know, you and I were both pretty high on Abdia, and I haven't totally given up. His development has disappointed me, and I don't know. I don't know if that's just he's not as as good as I thought he was capable of being, or if he's not being put in a position to 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 do well or do better or whatever. But yeah, having him go right before Devin Vassell and Tyrese Halliburton, not to mention like Tyrese Maxey, that's that's pretty rough, you know. And Corey Kispert. 2021, like I don't know that anybody was super enthused about that. Maybe the Wizards weren't either. Maybe the Wizards were like, eh, we have the fifteenth pick, you get what you get. Um, but you know, Tyler, I mean, uh, Trey, Trey Murphy or Alpern Sengun would would be better yeah. there, I think, than than Corey Kispert. And then Johnny Davis one hurts me. And look, he's it's it's still yeah. very early in the process. Maybe he turns out to be fine because it seems like the thing for him is he just cannot shoot the ball, and he's got he's kind of got the yips for the rest of his game. Cause he's like incapable of shooting. He's averaging 10 points on tw- 35 and 23 shooting splits in the G league. Um, that's <laughs> whereas like every time we, <laughs> every time the Mavs send Jaden Hardy down to the G league, he's like, cool, I'm gonna score 40 points a night just for fun. Um, that's, uh, <laughs> when Jalen Williams, you know, is the, is right after him and, and Jalen Dern and, uh, a lot of other guys that we kind of like. That's that one. That one looks like a major bust right away. And and yeah, this is this is sort of the this is why the Wizards are perpetually in this spot where they are desperately trying to get into the playing game and just sort of seem locked into being somewhere between the ninth and twelfth best team in the conference, despite having you know a pretty talented team with with KP and and. Bradley Beal, whatever you think of Bradley Beal. And then, you know, Kyle Kuzman's had a great season as much as it pains me to say. And uh, so anyway, I mean, there's, there's some pedigree there. There's yeah. some talent, but when you keep botching your, your first round picks, I just, you're, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And that's obviously part of the, that's a big part of the issue for Washington. Yeah.
1: I just, you know, I, I just, it's a non-starter for me. Like it was a nice little primer for what's, Probably going to be a pretty intense um, all-star, bre- mm. you know, all-star break, trade deadline, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, you're Lakers. You, like, that's I don't think it's a bad move. It'll be interesting to see how they handle the extension talks because, like, you essentially are giving up a second-round pick and a player that wasn't doing anything for you uh, for the mm-hmm. rights to have ex- exclusive, ex- you know, negotiations. And so, like, and or do you want to pay him what he's going to garner? And so, that's going to be what's interesting mm-hmm. out of this. So. Uh, speaking of All Star Break, I think we should start making our All Star teams. Um, you said earlier in the <laughs> show, you and you were right. This is not my favorite thing, and I, <laughs> I got grumpy about this in like college because,
0: uh-huh.
1: and I and please hear me, this is not because I have a problem with the basketball being huge in China, but Yao Ming, who was always playing like four <laughs> games a year, was the, the you know eternal starting center of the all-star game because all of China was voting for him, which is great. But I super hate that. And I super hate that, Mm -hmm. you know, players like this, (laughs) unlike the pro bowl and unlike the MLB all-star game, this actually matters for contracts and stuff with, um, the NBA. And so I always get grumpy with positions and with, uh, voting in this stuff. So I'm not as in on this, but I but you're right. We have figured out a way to make this <laughs> I think palatable for most people. And to be and you know, to your credit, I don't think anybody else is doing this either, which is great. So we really are trailblazers yeah. in this situation. Unique, um, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to like go through yeah, go it. through so, our so teams here, or do you want to go through the players yeah. or what?
0: Here's what we'll do. We'll so to be clear, I think I'm with you In that the all-star game is stupid. Um, What I care about it for is because I care about um, NBA history and where guys land in the hierarchy of the history of the league and stuff. Like I'm aware of that one of the things that gets mentioned when player X comes up, like the Hall of Fame is a joke and... Whatever, but like when when a player retires and you are considering them for a place in the NBA seventy five, let's say or or whatever else, uh you say, hey, he made All NBA this many times, he made the All Star game this many times, et cetera, et cetera. It's just one of those those little things that comes up on your basketball reference resume that holds some maybe slight, certainly slight compared to All NBA, but has some. <coughs> historical significance and that's the thing that that matters to me and so it bugs me when things like i know it shouldn't i know this shouldn't bug me but it bugged me last year when adam silver put Lamelo ball on the all-star team because it was like oh he's a fun replacement I'm like no, no, no no it matters that he is getting an all-star spot next to his name on basketball yeah. reference like that i don't care about the game at all but the the historical part of it is is the thing that... Because that he, he made it matters another, to another one again. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, so what we do is this. We throw out the vote because the vote is the dumbest part of the All-Star Game. It, it gets proven every single year. Um, n- the media is the only part of this equation that makes any attempt at doing it well. <laughs> you know, the fans vote for... Their favorites and I was doing that too when I was 12 years old and at the game and like yeah. punching holes oh next God. to every Maverick yeah. or having to write them in because there were no Mavericks on the ballot, you know, and stuff like that. Um I get it. The players, it's a total bit for them. Um, if you see the guys who get voted for all-star every year, it's a complete ridiculous bit. Jay Crowder got two votes for an all-star starter spot this year from the players, just to be clear what we're dealing with there. The media tries um and then and then Daryl Morey gets pissed off and blames the Boston elite media for not letting his his little boy start in the all star game um it's very dumb, so we throw all of this out, and here's what we do we've done this for I think three years in a row, something like that um we're gonna give you our our starters uh throwing out again the the actual results on this stuff. We will give you our starters we will follow the rules for the starters and the ballot, which is three front court starters, two guards in each conference. And then for the reserves, three front court players, two guards and two wild cards for both conferences. We'll follow the rules from there. And then what we do is we say the all-star game is stupid. It doesn't really matter. Everybody who deserves to be an all-star should get in regardless of a 12 player limit or 12, 12 player roster size for each conference. And so If there are three more guys that we think deserve to be all stars, we will name them all stars. If there are nine more guys that deserve to be all stars, we will name them uh, to the all star team. Because why in the world are we still limiting this to twelve players when the actual NBA roster size is fifteen? Treat it like the NFL Pro Bowl
1: because they end up getting down to the fifth string players anyway because of people (laughs) bowing out. So, so speaking of how dumb the player vote is. (laughs) <laughs> johnny davis got a vote we just talked about him cam probably cam from himself. thomas got a vote that is definitely from himself
0: that was definitely yeah.
1: himself yeah. i just yeah
0: i think mckinley wright got a vote that might have been luca i think luca loves mckinley wright but
1: there's a lot yeah. on here
0: like you know <laughs> it's ridiculous it's very stupid yeah yes yes i agree i agree so let's start where do you want to start east or west
1: uh, let's do west
0: Okay, Western Conference.
1: Um gimme your give me your starters. Three front front court players, two so backcourt players. I is my starter um guard. I have SGA mm-hmm. as starting guard over, over Curry. I think SGA has been awesome. And the fact that their team is still okay. not in the dumps of the Western Conference. Like, like cause usually records, I stupidly put records in this stuff and I probably shouldn't, but I do. Um so I think that he, he definitely deserves garners the attention. Uh Jokic is an obvious okay. at front court. I think LeBron is an obvious front court, and I think Markin is an obvious front court for for me as well. So, uh, Luca, okay. SGA, Jokic, LeBron, and Markinen. To me, I didn't even think have to think twice about that. I was pretty set on that from the get go.
0: Okay. Um, I have one one difference from you. Uh, I have Morant instead of SGA as the starter. Okay. I have, and you'll see as we fill out the rest of this roster. The the West is incredibly guard yes. heavy, and that fills out a huge chunk of of my roster. But I think Morant on the second best team in the West, and and back and forth between them and Denver for who's number one, and everything that he does. I mean, I'm not obviously I don't really like the Grizzlies, and I'm not a huge Morant guy. I think there's stuff that that drives, but I think you, I can't I can't argue against um, how good he has been this year. But simultaneously, I, SGA has been incredible as well so I have no I have no yeah. complaint there I did the same as you as the front court Jokic I will say Jokic was the only one to me like I I did a pass where I just wrote down my locks you know in both conferences he was the only front court lock to me LeBron I think you LeBron is definitely is obviously an all-star if you want to make a case against him you say his team's not even in the play-in he's shooting 31 percent from three um, there's, you know, maybe you hold him responsible for Russell Westbrook, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I think, I think that you could, I, I mean, I, I, didn't necessarily go in with the, the expectation of I'm going to try to keep LeBron off of my team, but it wasn't just, or, or off the starters, excuse me. It wasn't, but it wasn't like a clear cut, absolute definite. He is the starter here. Um, for for me but it was close enough i think actually i probably would have Markin ahead of him if i if i was having if i was ranking my three front court starters marketing in has been incredible mm-hmm. um has been i mean he's the driving force on that team he looks great um he's i mean i i've never been a huge marketing guy and and i'm wrong i'm wrong
1: now he's 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 putting yeah. me wrong so i think should we right stay in the western west. conference and just go all the way through it okay yeah let's finish our west let's okay. finish those. uh yeah. let's see from my bench uh let me do let me just do my backcourt uh no let's just hold the whole bench uh backcourt my two spots there were curry and jaw i think that's pretty obvious uh because you can make Mm -hmm. arguments for starters for both of them as well like you were just saying um i'll go into my wild cards because they're both guards as well i'm assuming you're probably in the same boat my wild cards Mm -hmm. for that are De'Aaron fox and dame lillard uh fox has been awesome uh, Dame Lillard ha- is, is beating father time this, this year and he's just lighted mm-hmm. up. So yeah, let's yeah. Hey, hold, I'll, I'll okay. give you mine there. Cause I, the forwards may be
0: where we have yeah, a little for bit sure. of difference. I have the exact same four guys. Uh, it's just, I have Morant as the starter. So my, my guards are SGA and Curry Curry. Was, like I looked at games played. He was, he was so good when he was in the game and then he's ended up played. He's at 34 games right now. Um, which is above the threshold for me of like what you have to have have participated in to be an all star. Uh, so that was a that was a, so I have SGA Curry and my well, same thing. Wild cards were Dame, who's been incredible on a bad team, and De'Aaron Fox, who's been outstanding on i I would say still the most surprising team um, in the league at this yeah. point. He's been he's been outstanding, so I think he deserves. And I also I kind of wanted to reward De'Aaron Fox too for like Buy, buying um, in like. Yeah, for buying in and developing and actually like changing his game some and just, I really legit, I loved Aaron Fox so much coming out of college and I said last year on the air, I think the Kings have broken him and I would not ever, I wouldn't trade for him. I think that he's a broken player and all this sort of stuff and he has proven, he's, you know. One year with Mike Brown has like made him yeah. uh brought him yeah, back to what he is capable of being. So I love that. I love so that.
1: So here's where so. it gets hairy. The forwards in the West are are rough. uh I mean there's there's good <laughs> it's a it rough is. pool. It's to a rough me. pool, yeah. but a lot of it so for me, and I think you did the same thing, I set a games played threshold. My threshold was thirty games. Mm-hmm. If you're under thirty games, same. I'm not putting you in the all-star game. And that I think is why I'm really like cranky about Zion being a starter this year, um, he's mm-hmm. been great. And I'm, I listen. I, I've been saying all season long that I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's showing that he can play consistently. And honestly, I think most of his missed games are not really because of of normal injuries. It's just it's just wear and tear. And and I'm okay with him playing 29 games at, in the aspect of an NBA season. I'm not okay with him being a starter on my All-Star team at that with those numbers. So. Mm-hmm. I I put a hard cut at thirty. So that that to me takes out Zion 80, uh, Kawhi, Devin Booker, uh, mm. Desmond Bain. Mm-hmm. I even threw because I'm petty, I put Chris Paul on my list. Um so mm-hmm. the Fords are, are rough. To me, the very first one I wanted to put on there was DeMontas Sabonis, <laughs> which is weird. Same. Yeah.
0: Same so I put
1: Sabonis yeah. and I put uh Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. I I think even with the report that's come out these last couple of days, uh, he is a defensive player of the year candidate. <laughs> I think even those numbers are, are different from what you would expect from an all all star. You can't argue that he mm. is defensively awesome on the second best team in the West. So I put him in, and then my third one, I'm literally scraping the barrel. I put Paul George because okay, he's Paul George. He's averaging 23 and seven, I think, and so 24 and seven. So I like, I mean, and that was like I was looking at Paul George over like possibly Rudy Gobert or, you know, <laughs> Jeremy Grant. So uh, who, who are your three mm. front courts?
0: Uh, I have two of the same. I have Sabonis um, who's been, again, the Kings are the, th- the three seed and I I'm not somebody that subscribes to, uh, you know, the tops in the conference have to have an all-star. If they don't have an all-star, they don't have an all-star. If they don't have two all-stars, they don't have two all-stars like that's, I don't, I think that annoys me when when people factor that kind of thing in, but the Kings have been such a huge surprise. He and Fox have a great one-two combo going, and and like I mean, he's playing through a broken thumb. He's been incredible. He's been incredible this season. That's a that one was a pretty easy one for me. Um, I went JJJ as well. There's stuff about him that drives me crazy. It's it the foul trouble. I don't understand how you can be in the league this long and not figure out how to not be almost. about to foul out of every single game. His terrible rebounding drives me a little bit crazy as well. Cannot, but you cannot underestimate the defensive impact that he has, um, on a game to game basis and, uh, how much better that team is when he is on the floor on both sides of the floor, even with his, like, I think sort of has plateaued out as an offensive player, but it, it, it's still, it's still pretty good. And also, I don't think there's a whole bunch of, of other great choices. Last spot for, cause I did the exact same thing as you. Um, I think that it is, especially as we, I mean, don't you, do you kind of feel like the, I don't necessarily want to equate it all to player empowerment, but like the lack of players playing in a game, It that also, it, we talked about the referee stuff, maybe is coming to a head. Like that feels like it's, it's coming to a head too. The, uh, um, this season the,
1: like what's the called the resting part of the game yeah yeah Yeah,
0: the resting part and just the like Jacques Vaughn called out Ben Simmons this week uh, or last week for you know kind of <laughs> like hey man we we need you to fight through some knee soreness like that's part of the job um that kind of thing i feel like we we're headed to some sort of a compromise on that but to me it's <sighs> you can d- I maybe am, I guess I'll put it this way. I would lean more towards putting too much emphasis on availability than I would towards putting too little emphasis on it. Like it it matters <laughs> to me that you play the games. When we do all NBA, I'm going to kind of hold the line at 60 games and say, if you're not playing, if you didn't play in 60 games and there's somebody else who, yeah is around you, you know, or better than you or close to you or whatever that did play 60 plus games, then that matters to me. Like if you're one of the best 24 players in the league, then I need you to be playing in in the games. Um, so yeah, 30 games to me does not seem unreasonable to make that as that's 60% of your team's games. Most, most teams have played around 50 games at this point. I don't think it's too much to ask that you play in 60% of, of the games. Um and that anyway, I know I'm rambling, but that leaves me with few choices for these forward spots. You pick Paul George. Paul George is in and out of the lineup, time for resting. I know he played 36 games or whatever. It still annoys me. I went with Aaron Gordon. Yeah. I think Aaron Gordon is the second most important player on the team that's number one in the He's conference. He's my first personality. If they so, yeah yeah okay if if they are able to to win um if they are able to succeed in the playoffs, he's going to be the second most important player on that team. He will be key to why they do that. He's been incredible this season uh on really on both sides of the floor, but defensively he's he's been he's been an absolute yeah. monster. Uh and I think he deserves I think he deserves a spot. I also always appreciate when again it's sort of similar to, to De'Aaron Fox, when when somebody like evolves, when somebody um takes to a slightly different role, when somebody does more instead of of just plateauing or uh, just sort of well this is who he is kind of thing. Um, Aaron Gordon has like really almost fully realized himself as the Sean Marion mm-hmm. that I thought that he could be coming into the the draft and I think he deserves a spot here. So that's that was my yeah
1: I that was my last. He was my spot. first person out. So on that note, let's go through. Since we are we do things differently, let's go through and talk about who is the people. On the outskirts that we think are also all stars. I agree with you. Aaron yeah. Gordon definitely uh, is an all star for mine as well.
0: Okay, I have Paul George okay. as one of my three who is who is additional. So, uh, so we can we can skip okay. that conversation. Who else you have as like a? There's no limit to roster spots. Who else okay. is making your all? star My
1: next one out is Anthony Edwards because I think in some okay. world Same. I was like, man, if he's a three, he could be my other forward on the actual roster. Uh-huh. But he's listed as a guard, so that's why I stuck true to the Agreed. things. Um, Same here. yeah. I also, so speaking of forwards, and this may be because he's a, he's surrounded by a bunch of non-existent forwards, Jeremy Grant is having a year, man. He is averaging 22 points a game, almost five rebounds. But do you know, out of the people on your spreadsheet that you listed, he is the fourth best three-point percentage behind Markadon, Bain, and Curry. Yeah,
0: that's and crazy. so Yeah. He
1: shot great. I, this I I want to reward that in our fake all star game. I want to make sure that he I know he knows that like hey, you I know that you are he's an unsung hero in a lot of ways and he's, he's getting paid like a hero. So uh, mm. I I think Jeremy Grant is an all star on my team.
0: Okay, I have Anthony Edwards as well. Uh, that that one it feels like a no brainer as, as as long as you're taking you know more players and stuff like we are. Um, I didn't have Jeremy Grant. You're right. The shooting is really impressive. Jeremy Grant just always leaves me underwhelmed. Like I just I always feel like he is like I question how much he is like impacting wins, I guess. I don't know. It's it's fine. Yeah. It's it's I, I think that's a r that I'm not saying that's not a he's not a worthy inclusion at this point, but he kinda misses the cut for me. The last one for me uh is C.J. McCollum. was my last one too. And I just went with like Hey, he's had a good... He's not a great season. I mean, 21 points. He's having a good season. Um, But also, you know, of the big three that they have there with him, Brandon Ingers played 17 games this year. Uh, Zion, like, he is the stabilizing force for a team that is full of young players and then C.J. McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas, basically. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I... For a team that that up until two weeks ago was competing for the one seed and now has sort of settled back to earth in part because their two best players can't ever be on the floor and stuff, um, you know, I think that there's some there's a lot of value in what he has done for that team and making them uh, you know a, 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 a real legitimate a legitimate team a legitimate potential contender yeah.
1: um, at some point. So I think he's my last right one now. too. So that was the end of mine. Did you yeah, have anybody else who made? It. The I had a couple like. Okay. That I was debating, but no, those are the last ones for me.
0: Yeah. The next, the next four guys to me, it was all like, if I'm going to put one of them in, I'm going to put all four yeah. of them in. And it's those guys you mentioned. It's, it's, it's Zion, Kawhi, Devin Booker, Anthony Davis, who are the big names. And I assume, you know, Anthony Davis is probably going to get named an All-Star um, on Thursday when they announce the teams instead of Gordon or Jackson or maybe both. I don't know. But like... You have to play. You have to play games. they there, seven games for for Anthony Davis. Twenty nine games, I think, for Zion. At least like puts him close to the yeah. cutoff. Kawhi's played twenty seven. The only point. one I'm gonna be mad about is Booker, Booker. over yeah.
1: De'Aaron Fox. Like that'll upset me. And I think that's. I, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah, there sh- shouldn't shouldn't be there.
0: So, but like if if you said hey, thirty games doesn't matter. The the cutoff should be twenty five. Then okay, fine. All four yeah, of these guys are sure. in the game then at this point. All right, move okay. to these. Take my starters.
1: Your I I actually was pretty close to the actual starters. Um, as much as I hate to admit it, Kyrie and is one of mine. Donovan Mitchell is my other guard starter. For Fords, I went Tatum and Giannis as well. And I'm going with Embiid over Kevin Durant. I think Embiid's had an incredible year. Um, and I just I don't think like I, I. This is where the positions, in my opinion, suck in. In a lot of ways, because there's uh, just like they're the opposite of the Western Conference. They have a log jam at Ford's, Um, and so I'm going with Embiid over over KD as the like the original starters. So that's my starters as well.
0: Okay. Uh, I did the same. I have Embiid over over KD um, by a super super thin margin. You know, yeah. It's this is the deal that that being honest. it doesn't matter the the. The, the Embiid noise drives me crazy. Like, guys, there, there's only three, four of the six best players in the league are competing for three spots. There's there's somebody's going to get left out. There's nothing you can do about it. And it's not Jason Tatum, by the way. Like, um, <laughs> Daryl Morey, like, <laughs> going after the Boston media about Jason Tatum. Like, Jason Tatum has been incredible this season, man. Like, if you're going to talk to anybody, it should be about Kevin Durant, who has missed, what, 12 games, he's something like 30, that. He's honest, who has also missed 12 games. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I'm not putting them in the same category as like, as, as those yeah. guys, but like Giannis and KD, both of missed, missed games, less games than, and their teams are not number one in their conference. Like by a, by a margin, like a pretty yeah. decent. And B has missed more games so. than Giannis and KD have. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. But yes, I did the same. I didn't beat over, over KD uh Kyrie's not making my team. I don't give a crap. Like I'm the the insanity, not just insanity, the bad crap that he pulled over the court. Like I cannot overlook that stuff and maybe that makes me dumb or petty or whatever, but I think that your importance to a team also includes what you do and do not do and say off the court and what kind of circus you put your team through. So like cool stats um, not interested in having you represent um, anybody really at, at the all-star game. So he's not on my team period. Um, he certainly isn't a starter for me. The other starter is Halliburton. Mm. Uh, that team sucks. And he had them at like fourth to sixth in the Eastern conference Um, before his injury. He has been incredible this season. And I say as somebody who was a huge Therese Halliburton fan, coming out who thought that his drop to where he ended up was absolutely insane and who thought that like the <laughs> the nba twitter noise on him when he got traded last year was a little bit overstated he has blown me away like he's been he was incredible prior to um his injury and 20 and 10 and the, the shot making every night and the it's it's i want to reward what he's doing there so he gets the nod next to uh, Donovan Mitchell.
1: Yeah, me. I mean I'm not gonna argue with that, obviously. I I'm fully support Kyrie not doing anything, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> so my first my first guard out was Halliburton and then Jalen Brown, or my two backcourt um okay. uh yeah. and then my three front courts before we go to the wild cards. I had K D. Actually, no, let's let's just start there. Let's start at the backcourts. What who would you have for your two backcourt back, court, back on the Eastern Conference reserves?
0: I had Jalen Brown. He he could have easily been the starter over over Halliburton to me. Um but <laughs> I'm gonna hold him a little bit anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh I went off on Kyrie, so hey Jalen Brown, stop tweeting. Also, maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe that shouldn't matter. I don't know. Uh but I, I just wanted to reward what Halliburton has done. So Jalen Brown's the first one in for me as a guard, and then the next one's Jalen Brunson. So
1: mm. there you go. <laughs> okay. Um all right. Sorry, buddy. Okay, front court. Uh, KD was my first one, obviously, because he's a pretty obvious lock at that point. Um, I'm going Julius Randle. So you – that was a voice crack. I'm going to go Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. I, I, listen, Same. I know, empty stats, team – it's not fully empty this year. It seems like he's kind of found a little bit of the magic yeah. that he had the, his most improved year. He's averaging 25 yeah. and 11. I mean, that's that alone is enough to be the All-Star game. Yeah. I just so I, I think he deserves it. And then I'm going to go because this guy has I don't know, terrible team, the actually terrible team, but he's putting putting numbers up on on just just total crap every night is pa- Pascal Siakam. I think Pascal Siakam mm-hmm. deserves an All-Star yeah. bid. So my three front court is KD, Julius Randle and Pascal Siakam.
0: Okay. Uh, I have KD I also have Julius Randle uh he's been great this season especially since that first like month or so like they've kind of settled in he's not holding the ball as much his shooting is ba- his three point shooting is still ba- is back up to like mm-hmm. almost league average which was th- the big difference last year mm-hmm. from the year before um yeah I think he's been I think he's been really good I think he deserves a spot uh I have Bam Adebayo as my third front court player I think that he's been at some point I really would like to see the offense progress a little bit more like he's averaging 20 points a game which is really impressive compared to where he was but it still doesn't feel like he's totally utilized enough on offense and maybe just doesn't quite do enough on offense at this point but but and that I expect that I think he's he's capable of but I think he's been the most important player on that team and they are now the kind of settled in as like this was what I kind of thought they were gonna be coming into the season, which um as like a four or five seed kind of
1: kind of yeah. contender.
0: So that was that was the the deciding factor for me. But I will say my wild card, I'll go to my wild okay. cards and you give me yours. Uh I had Siakam as one of my wild cards. I think he's been great on a bad team, and I would I would look I would really love for him to be playing for the Dallas Mavericks uh in, in February. Um I think he's been awesome. I'm a big Siakam guy, so that was a that was a pretty easy one for me. The last wild card spot for me, there was like this is why we do this because there's like I think there was like ten guys competing for two spots here. Really, for me, that all are kind of bunched together. Uh, I ended up going with Darius Garland as my last okay. wild card. His his stat line looks great. He is in as great as Donovan Mitchell has been, and as much of the the headline that he takes and deservedly mm-hmm. so. Um, Darius Garland's been awesome when he's posed, especially after he came back from the, the, the eye injury. There was a reason why they they, they sputtered out of the
1: gate because he was out. Yes. There's a reason why they hit their stride when he came back.
0: I love his engine too. Like Rasillo mentioned this on his pod last week, I think. Um, and I, it's something that I've noticed too. And I totally agree with like that dude just goes and, but he's not out of control. He, 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 it's, I think it's pretty rare for a young point guard to have, to play at the pace and speed with the engine that he has and, and that you're not like, man, this guy is a complete psycho. Like it's, it always feels like it is running to a, running for a purpose and that he is, he's in control of what he's doing and stuff. So he's, he's been, he's been great. He's been great yeah. this season. So there's a couple other guys that maybe one of them is going to take your spot and and then I'll talk no, about it. Actually my, to, my wild card is Bam players, Bam and my but, other
1: wild card is Garland. So, Okay. Yeah, sweet. I sweet. listen. Fully admitting some of its pettiness, why I don't have Brunson in, um, and also Trey Young stats. He's going to make an All Star game because of his stats, but it, but it's it's incredibly empty stats right now. So I'll go and go to my. Those are my next two down. Was right. I'll, I'll go three. My next three down were were Trey Brunson and James Harden. Like I think that their stats in okay. Hardens. um, Harden's team being top of the e, one of the top teams in the East definitely garners that. Uh Harden's averaging mm-hmm. a double double. He's he's missed a lot of time. That was he hasn't he's didn't he's not under my my threshold. But that time, like that's mm-hmm. probably why not it isn't probably that is why I I went to Bam and Garland over Harden because uh Bam uh, James has only played thirty two games this year. But I mean he's definitely having mm-hmm. a great season mm-hmm. and he's doing a great job in the time that he's been there. Um those are my next three down. And I had two more after that, but I'll go and I'll get your first. Okay.
0: <clears throat> I got a whole bunch in the East. Like I, I could stopped add, at five. I could have I done, done a lot more. I yeah. stopped at five. Okay. I could have added 10 players to this team. Um, because I, I think the East is like the talent pool is a lot thicker than, than the West is at this, this very moment. But also like we said, there's four big name guys in the West who didn't play enough games this year. So um, that's, that's part of it for me. Um, Trey's not on this early part of the list. I have them kind of broken into tears, honestly. Like the next four to me, I'm like, for sure these guys would be in if we're just, you know, adding like we do. DeMar DeRozan, bad team. He's been kind of the constant on the team and still just continues to just put up stats and and do what he does. He makes the roster for me, uh... I think that Bam is more important to the Heat than Jimmy Butler is at this point, but Jimmy Butler's had a good season when when he has played. The Jimmy Butler experience is very obnoxious, I think, and if I was a Heat fan, I think I could definitely see being like super-duper annoyed with some of what he is and how you just like kind of don't know who you're getting on a night-to-night basis, but still when he's locked in, he's yeah. still incredible. Um, I think Drew Holiday has been... Giannis, I mean, no one's better than Giannis, obviously, like all this sort of stuff. But like, there's been times this year where, Holly, especially without Middleton, uh, where Holiday and Lopez have been the sort of glue factors for the for the team that's still second, I think, in the in the East at this point. I think he's been great. And then I have the Jonte Murray. I think he's. <laughs> if I was the Hawks, I would be like, hey, what? How many picks can we get yeah. for Trey Young? And just let's go with Murray. I think Murray has been. Outstanding this season, and as the two of them have kind of figured out how to play together a little bit, a little bit, he has been the one to me that has seemed like he fits more. He's sort of doing all. I mean, like it's even as somebody who does not like Trey Young at all, there would never have been a world in which I would expect that Murray would be taking five and a half threes a game and hitting him at thirty six percent ish and young and Trey would be shooting six and a half a game and shooting at a 31% clip yeah. like that kind of boggles my mind. So I know, I know Trey's putting up seven more points per game and three more assists and all this kind of stuff. I just, I
1: think what Murray does is more important yeah.
0: on a night to night basis. At so, this point.
1: so the last two I had, uh, my five extras were, were DeRozan and Murray um, with, okay a lot of apologies. Like there's a lot, like this is, this one was actually hard, like going down. Like, yeah. I mean, cause like you can make arguments for Brooke Lopez. You can make arguments for Jared Allen, uh, drew, drew holiday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, I'm kind of with you. Like the Jimmy Butler thing for me was kind of like, they, they're finally bad enough where I'm like, I just don't really feel like, well, they're not even that bad. I just, you know, I, I just feel like if I'm going to honor anybody, it's going to be bam. Um, Yeah. You know, and Levine has missed so much time. Uh, just for just so you all know, the listener Lamelo, Bill, and Maxi were underneath the threshold uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was one reason why I wasn't. They weren't mentioned in any of my yeah. my names, even if they would have been. Um, also, Paolo. Yeah, Palo's Paolo's, Paolo's going to be an all-star. Paolo's next year numbers are close. Name. Like yeah. I actually had to sit down and yeah, think. He like, looks great. Sh- They're good, man. They're fun too. Yeah. yeah. So that I so I had five extras um on the on the okay. Eastern Conference. I would for
0: sure put four those four guys in, DeRozan Butler, Murray, Holiday. Again, I just I didn't even consider Kyrie. I'm tired of the bull crap. So I didn't even I didn't even put him in consideration. I think I would probably then also open it up and say I think Jared Allen, Brooke Lopez, and James Harden get in as yeah. well. Harden the thirty two games is is really tough, but especially over the last since he came back from his most recent injury he's been he's done a pretty great job of being like a real point guard of like running the team and feeding the ball to and beat and stuff like mm-hmm. that um so i think i would go there for me it's like if i'm gonna put jared allen in i'm also gonna put brooke lopez in. i think they're they're Brook lopez might be defensive player of the year he's been outstanding this season i mean i don't know he doesn't have the the cool stats that some but his there's some real importance to what he brings to the table. Um, and Alan's been great too. And you know what, too? I'm going to put in Bogdanovich. That dude's really been incredible. Has, yeah. And maybe this is a little prisoner of the moment. Cause last night he played the Mavs and I'm just like dying for him to switch locker rooms um, and just come across the way. Cause I love him. He's been awesome. And that team sucks. And every single night he's just like, I'm just here. Just, you know, sometimes I run the offense entirely. Sometimes I'm just like, the bucket getter. Sometimes I'm like almost playing the five it's I last night he was guarding Luca. It's maybe he didn't do a great job because Luca's had 53 points, but regardless, I just, I think he's been awesome. And if we're going to open this up to as many players as we want to take, I'm, I'm going to put him in. So Trey and Porzingis would be the next two down the list that I think deserve like a a shot, a a thought anyway, but uh, there we did it. That's where I fall. We did it. Okay. We did it. Way to go, buddy. You did it, man. Um, Thank you for listening. I hope you like All Star Talk. If you have some thought on uh, who we did or did not include, then feel free to uh, to hit us up and uh, let us know what you think about that. Thank you for being here. Um, if you like what you heard, tell a friend. Bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. It helps us greatly to carve out a little space in this very current podcast market. And leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. In that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past, and we'd like to read those out at the end of the show. Next week, we'll be recording a day late. This week, we recorded a day early. Next week, a day late because we will wait for the trade deadline to pass. and then So next episode, you will get all of our
1: uh It could be real bad. Just telling you on, right now. We could, could be either be real really bad. happy could be a six or very episode. depressed. Yeah. <laughs> or just, just try Good. The only it thing could. I'm looking forward to right yet? now in these next couple weeks is Mac McClung in the slam dunk contest. So <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. God.
0: Why? I'm totally why joking.
1: You, why do you ruin things?
0: Um <laughs> shot my wheels off on that one. Real fast, so we haven't done a map time in a few weeks. Uh Luca had fifty-three last night, the rest of the team had fifty-eight. Um, I would love to invite every garbage, <laughs> trash. Former player who is now an assistant to talk trash to Luca through the course of a game, like Jerome yeah, Allen dude. did last. Thanks a would, lot
1: for that. I would love that. Can you? Can you also I maybe
0: really think there's a world where Luca's like I don't care enough about the Pistons to get that heated about this, and instead <laughs> he scored fifty three points because can someone Allen figure just, out
1: how to motivate <laughs> our non Luca players to get mad. Also, yeah. that would be and maybe be score some baskets real fast. <laughs>
0: Do you do you, do you think they do any, Do you think the Mavs oh, do yeah. anything? I I deadline? think this,
1: I think that okay. the Mavs and the Cali Kaplan's coming out with their reports yesterday basically saying anyone is touchable depending on the trade. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's their way of saying you know, the bank is open, who who wants in. So I I think they'll make a move. I don't know I don't have a clue. Like like last year we had no clue that Spencer didn't when he was even on the on the radar. So it'll be right. interesting to see right. what happens. But um yeah. I, I think I think it has a potential to be a a good deadline and a in an exciting deadline for us, but also for, we're going to have to accept some realities one way or another, and or accept mm-hmm. that we're losing players that we didn't want to lose. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting for sure.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I I think they do some kind of a margins move. I would be surprised at this point. I think if it was a uh players plus first round pick or picks kind of deal at this point i think i think it's more of a what could they flip a couple of rotation players for in exchange for someone else's rotation player or players something like that but um i think they might also a little bit be at the point where you might just need to make a move because you need to bring somebody into that locker room that uh, has a little bit of fresh blood because I think I think there may be some I think one of the issues may be one of the issues is not a lot of talent. Yeah. Least talented team in the league outside of Luka. But one of the issues may be to stagnancy with these are the same guys over and over and over again. They
1: got and I think the we, biggest question mark for me is we gotta figure out what the heck is happening with Christian Wood. Is he signing or are we trading him?
0: Yeah. Sure. I think it's interesting that he's not playing right now leading up to the, the trade deadline. I know he's injured. Is he though? It,
1: I, I asked that I, question I'm today. A, if he's actually injured,
0: there's been enough. Sorry. I didn't mean to turn this into to fake Mavs time, but there's been enough light buzz amongst the members of Mavs Twitter who actually do have some access or are one step away from access. Not just like you and me. Um, kind of lightly hinting at maybe they've shut him down till the trade deadline that I've started to say okay that might there might be some legitimacy to to that concept so anyway we're going to see next week's episode will be late um, but we'll get to do all the trade talk and I always like that episode it's it's fun to to recap all that stuff with you thanks for being here thanks for listening uh stay ho- and uh <laughs> sorry almost made it gosh dang it All right, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Stay safe. And until next time, stay hard, Roddy Rogers.